Nerdish. Nerdy. Nerd News. Hi, and welcome to Nerdish Nerdy Nerd News. Come along and ride with us as we explore, discuss, and nerdsplain some of the most interesting topics of today. Hey, I'm Tim. Hung around with nerds a lot growing up, hoping that it would rub off. I think it kind of did, because I'm kind of nerdish. As always, my co-hosts. Hey, thanks, Tim. I'm Christian. I've been playing and writing, creating games and Dungeons and Dragons since high school. My idea of a relaxing weekend is playing vids with my buds online. I also used to do complex math troubles with my dad for fun. I am very nerdy. And with us to help us understand the world a little better. Hi, I'm Jess. I've been programming and using computers since the early 80s. I'm a voracious reader, consistently going through about a half million or more words a month. I've got some biochemistry in my background, and I've been using technology for as long as I can remember. I am the nerd. Tim, you've got a smartphone, right? Sure do. <laughs> it's smarter than him. I was just going to say, it's so smart, it's smarter than I am. Yeah. So what, do you have an iPhone? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the problem. That, yeah, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. It's growing too fast. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about: is how technology is changing. I got I got a question for you guys. So we all have smartphones, right? Okay. I think so. Yes. 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 <laughs> I want you to name. So imagine we're back in 1985. Perfect. Uh, 1990, somewhere in that range, that five year range. Okay. I want you to think of how many different devices you would have to have now or then to do what your phone does now. Oh, wow. So, so, so the first thing, obviously, is there were no cellular telephones. So you had to go and find a so landline your, So your telephone. home phone. Your home phone. Yeah. Okay, so. Rotary phone. Yeah, fax, rotary or just, just yeah. getting into touch tone then. Yep. Fa- fax machine. A fax machine. Did there Was there even fax machines then? They were they were just, just they were around there. I mean, yeah. I yep. was still looking to encyclopedias for doing There's homework. There's another one. Okay, encyclopedias. Uh, camera. A camera. Video camera. Video camera. Video camera. Did we, yeah, we had really archaic cameras back then. I still have one. I still have one too. Shoulder mounted VHS. Where you had to have the little side saddle thing. Yeah. Yeah. Beta. Yeah, the battery pack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, Mail. Like just writing letters. Yeah, if you wanted to write a letter, you had to go get a stamp, put it in a mailbox, wait a few days or weeks, depending on where you're sending it to. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Mail. Uh, Records. Your your music library, yeah. Okay, like so, you had so, to have uh, a record player, an amplifier, speakers, yeah. or or the Sony, the, ooh, the cassette ooh. players were just starting to come out. Yeah, around then. yeah. The Walkman and CD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, there's more. Keep going. Oh, I, there's there's a calendar. So much. Oh yeah, your calendar. Scheduler. Yeah, alarm clock. Yeah, watch. Yeah, Tim Tim's beeps at his uh, him all the time, and he doesn't know what Still it is. What it I just means. keep Still setting alarms on out. his phone for him. Calculator. Thanks, Thanks again, by the way. <laughs> Another one's a calculator. <laughs> oh, a calculator. Yeah. Oh, sure. So Tim can figure out his numbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a voice recorder. Well, we weren't even allowed to use calculators. No. We were doing long division and all that kind yeah. of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's there, and then if you th- start thinking, these are just the things that come with your phone by default. Yeah, and then you now go, oh. you start looking at some of the apps that they're in there too. Communicating with your teacher for me, yeah. you know, getting I don't kicked know. out of class for me. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I was a good kid up until up until high school. Um, I knew that all there. We like you can watch that. movies using Netflix. Yeah, you can. Uh, there's 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 like a thousands and thousands of different things that you can do with your that would have yeah we would have needed thousands and thousands well, one of, of those devices. things would have been a device or some part of your house that you'd wow have to is go that to. ever easy to take for granted hey when yeah. you actually just yeah. think about it yeah wow. and it fits in your pocket can you imagine taking the what we have right now back then and showing someone even 30 years blow their mind well, you yeah. know it's funny because we were watching back to the future i was watching back to the future with the boys and i think it is in part three that you know it was it, the future was 2015 yeah yeah and really like really what was the the coolest thing was the hoverboard yeah but when you put it in that perspective like this little gadget that we carry in our pocket who would have guessed like wow like, that it would yeah that it would increase that much and that's yeah. that's where back in the 60s actually uh, a guy did come up with like a rule that was saying how fast we are going to progress coming up. Yeah. Mr. Moore. Yeah. Moore's law and what he was saying. And it was a little, a little more because we've, the transistor had just sort of been developed. It was a, 
little more. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> little more. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, the number of transistors in a dense integrated circuit. So, so we're talking like uh, on, a, on a computer chip. Right. Okay. Will double every year. Yeah, and I think it's like sixteen to eighteen months is roughly what it was. And uh, well, was no, it, it did every every two years. It did back back then. Back then. Now we're we're actually down. We're we're a little bit better. We're about every. Oh no, sorry, every year. Not it was not every. It two was years. every year. Every year. Now we're down to about every eighteen months to two years. Um, but uh, so it wasn't necessarily a law. It but, wasn't a rule. No, it, but was, it was a was prediction. Like a it was a prediction. It, it was but a, it's been found. It has been found to be pretty much correct. Like when I went through uh, computer classes in university in the nineties, they were teaching Moore's law as this is what's happened since nineteen sixty five when he came up with this rule, and his prediction has been right up to this point. And that was like I say in the nineties and two thousands. It was. It was bang on. Like, the prediction was right. So what's this, a, what's this whole thing about that I hear all the time? More is dead. More, more, well, more laws. dead. Yeah, we, we've gotten because to the point still, now. So if you think, if you've ever looked at a, in, you've seen a picture inside of a computer of what a CPU looks like. It's a, a square of silicon that's about two inches by two inches or, what is that, five centimeters by yeah. five centimeters. With right? a bunch of teeth. With a bunch, with of, a bunch of little, teeth. Little little teeth little. That's actually not the chip. The chip is inside and it's about the size of your pinky nail. And all that space is just so that they can run wires to all the different parts of it and on that one chip there are about 580 million transistors so for them all to fit we're talking about they're no more than about 16 nanometers apart that's tiny like there is no way for me to convey how small that is yeah um, you can try looking up how big an atom is and things like that but it's just it's one of those numbers and and we're going to try to to comprehend really large numbers like that in a little bit here um, that just are difficult to understand. So there becomes a point when you can't get a transistor any closer because you're talking about spaces that are so small now that an electron will actually jump the distance. Right. And it becomes no longer a circuit. It just becomes a charged space and it doesn't work. Too small. Too small. Yeah. Just so like when you're what, what you're scrubbing point? along the carpet and you right. walk up to your wife and you zap her with a static electricity. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's something like that. It just it'll jump. So what is too small? Because we're at what ten? We're about uh, anywhere from seven to ten is the smallest that they really do. Sixteen is sort of the sweet spot that they okay. make most chips at now. Um, the smallest that they've ever done, I think, is five. But there are big issues. That's when it really starts. It's not. It's going to happen. So I remember reading a book called Visions by Dr. Michio Kaku. He was a theoretical physicist, and he kind of spoke spoke about this, about where it gets to the point where it just it, I think it it can't get any smaller. No, right? Where yeah. all this technology and all this advancement just stops. And and that's where so you're is that getting, what we're kind of talking you're about. You're getting here? down to the atomic level that you just you can't get any smaller. You can't well, you he, can't send a transistor across an atom. Right. Like, like it, I, that's I think he used the term ubiquitous computing, which was like the chip at like a molecular level. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we just can't get we're, there. We're at that point right now with okay. designing CPUs. The way we're doing it to make things better isn't necessarily adding more transistors. It's adding. It's changing the architecture, which now I, I'm not going to get into this. It's just changing how the chip is designed for efficiencies. Right. All right. Because there's different ways that you can, can make CPUs. So you have Intel, you have AMD, you have, uh, there's a couple other <laughs> yeah, manufacturers. I can't think of them either. Um, ARM, I think is the other one. Yeah. And they have their different thought processes and, and designs behind their chips. And they all run similarly. They have the same under underlying principles but just how they're designed is different um then you also have things like something called clock speed it's the so when you're doing arithmetic we're not going to get you to do it but just just think (laughs) about doing it okay Okay. for now let's say you're doing long division all right (laughs) and you're going to divide a number and by a number so you're going to go and you're going to do the first say it's a three-digit number divided by a two-digit number okay so you're going to divide 100 by 32 you're going to see how many times does 32 go into 100? This many times. And then you're going to continue down until you have your decimal places all figured out, right? Right. Each one of those is one, let's say, a clock cycle. One 
One hurts. <laughs> Tim's clock runs yeah, a little slower. All right. It hurts, it hurts all, right. all right. Okay. It hurts. So modern computers, <laughs> like when computers were first being developed and they were for home use, um, my very first, well, not very first computer, but one of the first computers I had was a TRS-80, and I think it ran at 4.77 megahertz. Okay. Which is pretty fast considering, but not in modern terms. Right. Modern terms... Car clock speeds run at five gigahertz. So, so that is like four decimal places higher. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So the number of calculations that it's being forced to do are that much more on that very small chip, right? And that's how they've increased it is they've changed the architectures. They've managed heat generation and everything else. So even, so dealing like even the chip, like I'm just thinking, you know, man, the manufacturing process of making a chip this small like how how is that done like how do you even very carefully (laughs) very 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 carefully (laughs) we are hunting rabbits (laughs) yes we are hunting transistors (laughs) we are hunting transistors yeah they're they're usually done in in uh, clean rooms where people are fully gowned up with masks and no outside contaminants um, like dust or anything like that um, because that particle of dust can be as big as the transistor itself. Or more. Um, just, just, just to say, like, as an example that we were trying to figure out that give you a reference point, that nanometer that we're talking about. So the average human hair is anywhere from 14 micrometers to 140 micrometers. So let's just say the smallest human hair is 14 micrometers. Like one of those really thin hairs, like you have, Tim. <laughs> no, that's that's All something right, else. <laughs> um, oh come on! Man. I don't have any hairs, so yeah. we're good here. <laughs> Anyways, so so that really thin hair, that maybe that thin arm hair, where it's really skinny, that one is seventeen thousand nanometers. the The width of that hair is seventeen thousand nanometers. So when we're talking about these 10 chips, nanometers. 10 nanometers being the smallest. That's 1,700 times smaller. And yet to have a sophisticated architecture like it does, that is uh, Yeah, they do, they do it using photochemistry, using light projected onto silicon wafers with various yeah, yeah, chemical it's, it's things. It's not it's some a, little guy in a corner no, with a with It's, a, not, a, it's not, a, gluing, not a CNC machine etching yeah, them in or something. <laughs> gluing it's, things it's together. A very, there, there's some pretty cool, if you go on YouTube and just look up how our computer CPU is made, you'll see some really amazing videos. We're not going to go into it because it's actually pretty in-depth. It would be a full episode in itself. Well, maybe that'll be so, an episode. Like we're talking about how but, small these are, but what can they do compared, like comparatively can, to what they've done in, so uh, in I mean- the last hundred years, one of the most famous, amazing things that humans have done is landed on the moon. I thought you were going to say Tim was born. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was spectacular. That was spectacular. Okay. So that was the Apollo spacecraft with their computer. Let's compare it to an iPhone 6. Tim, you're Tim. telling me I can use my phone to go into the moon or? Well, we're space. just going to use it as a comparison. Yes. The next space mission is reliant on you and your phone and how well you use it. Lord help everyone. <laughs> okay, so I the apologize iPhone, in advance. The iPhone is like many, many, many generations past that with the iPhone XS or whatever it's called. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice here. <clears throat> but an iPhone 6. So an iPhone 6 has 130,000 times more transistors than the Apollo computer did. Wow. (laughs) Its clock frequency is 32,600 times faster. So when they were sitting there, you're watching those movies like Apollo 13 and you're seeing them freak out and guys are punching numbers in. That's like me using my phone. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the end user becomes the slowest part in that. But their problem wasn't that the end user punching in the data was slow. It was that they were punching it into a computer that took seconds to calculate or minutes to calculate those calculations. Whereas like Jess is saying here with the clock frequency and the transistors on these, you punch in those calculations and you get them almost instantaneous. So the number of instructions, which is the the calculations we were talking about, right, is 80 million times faster on an iPhone 6 than the Apollo 
spacecraft computer. <laughs> 80 million times <clears throat> faster. Yeah. yeah. So and you that's take just that all your together, little iPhone. You take that all together, an iPhone 6 is 120 million times faster than an Apollo spacecraft computer. You see my, my grin, right? Because it's incomprehensible. <laughs> mm. So theoretically, one iPhone 6 could guide 120 million Apollo rockets at the same time. As long as Tim's not with the same efficiency it. that <laughs> the Apollo computer them. did. Yeah, the big red button, Tim. Don't push that. This red button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, abort. Yeah. Abort. But the phone, if the phone was left on its own, guys, it could help them launch 120 million Apollo rockets all at the same time. Guide. Wow. Guide. Guide. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I'm even more intimidated by my phone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 on that like cell phones staying on something that everyone knows it's like the average cell phone use um in 2021 like now we're getting into this is the part where the numbers are really hard to understand yeah so you've got your your cell phones can do all these things but where does it come from like how does it get the data and this is where you have data plans and things like that that is something we're not really going to get into but just the amount of data that the average person uses is somewhere between two to six gigabytes of data. So everyone, everyone understands what a gigabyte of data is because they, they look at their cellular plan and it says, Oh, I have five gigs or I have 10 gigs or unlimited if you're rich. (laughs) Right. Um, So yeah, there's, there's 2.5 quintillion bytes of data created each day at our current pace. This is across the entire world world. The amount of data created in pictures, in text, in research, in you name it. Data that is created and stored either in the cloud, on a hard drive, on your phone. Podcasts. Podcasts. YouTubes. Yeah. TikToks. Wow. A quintillion is a one followed by 18 zeros. Like a number so big it takes you time to write it down <laughs> so so here we'll try we'll we will try to give you an understanding of how big one quintillion is if you had a million seconds that's 11 and a half days if you had a billion seconds it's 30 31 and a half years you have a trillion <clears throat> seconds it's over thirty-seven thousand years and, and one, one quintillion qu- seconds is 32 billion years Longer than the universe. Has so again, been we're getting into big numbers, but just to bring oh, that back to something we can all relate to is like the Moose Jaw Public Library or just a public library of a small a to medium town. town. Yeah. It would, uh, if we were to take all of the content, all of the books, all of the images, all of the old, um, uh, what do you call the newspapers that they have on the digital files? Microfiche. Microfiche, that's the word I was looking for. And you were to put all of that scanned at full quality, that would be about one petabyte. So everything in the library is one petabyte. And we create 2,500 a day across the world. So 2,500 times what is in our library every day is created as new content on the globe right now. On the earth. With these little transistors. Yeah, with all these little transistors, with all the storage. That that's what's that's what's happening today. And that's that's what where where when people say we are in the technolo- technological era, it, it blows your mind when you actually start looking at the numbers. Well it's like a mind. It, it's it's a <laughs> like you even your brain makes how many neuro associations per it, it's yeah. we've we don't, we, you can't hold that much data no. in your brain. At least I don't think you can. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't. Oh, and here comes the rising of the machines, eh, Tim? <laughs> this is exactly what I'm thinking. So uh, what This ha- has all been driven by consumerism, by the way. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely it has. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want a phone that's better. I want one that has a better screen. But it's got to hit the wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what happens then? Well, then you get a new one. So what does new look like? Because you said, now we can only get so small. Um, <clears throat> well, there's differences between better, like right. depending on how you're talking. So let's just talk about cell phones. Okay. okay. Uh, Motorola made the first mass-produced cell phone in 1973. 
And those were like the bag phones, the great big bricks, the ones you saw on TV back then where it was like someone rich calling their, you know, sell, sell, whatever, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> and they had, all they did was voice, nothing else. When we get to 1998, they were on a special, they were on a, something called an analog network, which is like a radio network, like a walkie talkie almost. Anybody could listen into your conversations. 1998, we had 2G, second gen. It's about 15 kilobits per second. So <clears throat> kilobits being a thousand uh, bits of data, basically like small text messages. Um, couldn't really send a picture because most pictures were even bigger than that. So it was literally like just text messages and and voice calls. But at, with that little bit of um, data, you could now encrypt those phone calls. You so could that, send an email. Yeah. Again, text-based things. Yeah. But with that came the ability to encrypt the phone calls so that people couldn't listen in on you if they happened to become on your radio channel. So then in 2003, so we're talking, what is that, five years later, we have... <clears throat> The third generation, and that's about three megabits. So three megabits is about the minimum you need to stream video. Okay, so this is this is this technology is doubling even more than what more. Had well, yeah. Well, this like significantly. Yeah, like and this is the part where I was talking about like you have a transistor, but then what do you do with it? Right. Mm-hmm. And how and how it's used, and that's where Moore's law was based on the transistors. But if you can put those transistors in parallel with each other and have them working together, they can actually increase it exponentially. They can increase the processing power versus, it's kind of like how we used to measure horsepower, right? Right. Like horsepower in vehicles for, you know, layman's was based on um, original vehicles that were three or four times more powerful than a horse. Well, that doesn't really work in modern engines anymore because they might not have the same horsepower. Um, so measuring everything based on Moore's law is kind of an outdated way of measuring it. That's where you try to get into the, the actual processing power, the clock speeds, things like that, that actually do mean something nowadays. So is this maybe where I started saying why, why people kind of coined the term Moore's law is that Moore is dead. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so your iPhone that you have, well, not you, but like, the original iPhone was introduced in 2007. <laughs> yeah. And then we had 4G in 2009. And 5G is coming this, this year. <clears throat> most places, yeah. It's even launched in a few major centers. And with the 5G, you're looking at 20 gigabits per second. So, again, we've gone from kilobits to megabits to gigabits. So, you know, each one of those is a, a, thousand, is a, times is a thousand times more than the one predecessor. And and that's you know that's where we're headed in. So is this is this then just going to keep going? Is it just going to keep going and going and going and going and going and going? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that you see with technology is like we were talking earlier. Your cell phone can do how many different things? Right. But uh, all that is is a bunch of other stuff that's just been compressed into a single item. So we have you know camera, cell phone, video recorder, tape recorder, music player added infinitum. Mm-hmm. Same thing with uh, printers on your computer. Back in 1990, you had a dot matrix printer. That's all it did. Print it, right? Letters now, and only one font. <laughs> yeah, now, now you look at, at printers uh, in my in my house. I have something called a multifunction printer. It's a laser printer, scanner, photocopier, fax machine, all in one device. Mm-hmm. Can it make a lightsaber? <laughs> no. <laughs> but he does have a three, and that's where we're getting into the new printers too, is 3D printers, where yeah. you actually can make a lightsaber, Tim. I have. Yeah, but but you've got, <laughs> you've got, you you've got, with everything getting so small, you can now start generating electricity from just the motion of your body. So there's actually like new inventions coming out that are sweat powered. <laughs> yes, Timmy. Yes, Timmy. Your sweat and stink Finally. can power your phone. <laughs> I'm but going that, to be but very that's powerful. But that's where just the motion, <laughs> just the motion of our bodies can create there's enough. There's been watches that can do that for quite a while. There, there are, yeah. There's yeah. watches that just with the motion of your wrist, they uh, they they can they charge themselves. They they recharge themselves. Um, there's there's uh, 
all kinds of new drones that are now automated where they will help people out. Uh, emergency drones. There are so many things with drones. I think we should save that one for its own. Absolutely. Yeah. No. They are pretty, there's a lot of stuff with but, drones. But none of that would be possible without everything being so small and automated that these drones can do everything on their own. They can fly into a dangerous war zone. They can fly into a uh, uh, someone like these accidents that happened in Vancouver and BC right. this last summer where people were stranded. Well, they are able to fly in drones and drop things from the drones like water and, and, and food for people um, where a human couldn't go or where a helicopter might not be able to get because of power lines or getting shot out of the sky. These small drones are kind of indispensable. And if they get shot out, oh, send another one up. It's only a... You know, a thousand bucks, whereas, you know. <laughs> Instead of a human life. <laughs> a human life and a billion dollar helicopter. <laughs> you know, so that's where technology has helped us, or is helping us and continues to help us as we move forward is life becomes more automated. Life becomes less risk to humans and more about the computers and the robots taking over exactly. and doing everything for Until us. Until they too. take over. <laughs> Uh, back to Moore's law, and the question that I had too still was that eventually these silicon little wafers and transistors they can only get so small, right? <clears throat> so that's when, like, when do we start talking in the quantum realm here? Well, we we do have quantum computers. Okay, um, IBM and uh, there's another company, one of the big ones, has been developing a quantum computer for a, a good part of a decade now. They have a functional one. It's very slow compared to what quantum computers should be able to do, but they're still trying to figure out how it works. Right. <laughs> They've put it together and the parts are working, but they, they like To be fair, that, that's not right. They, they understand how it works. It's how do you program with this? Because it is such a different way of thinking that it's, it's you can't just go into it. I know how to program and go into it and start programming on a quantum computer. The, so, so what a quantum computer is, just so everyone knows, right now in a regular computer, you have a bit, and that's a switch. It's one transistor. It's either on or off. In a quantum computer, they have something called a qubit, I think they call it, and it can be on, off, or both at the same time, hmm. any one of those three at the same time. And so it allows for um, like a, just a huge leap in processing power. So that could be potentially a next stage where this stage is coming to a close. We're still we're still developing um, things in our current stage. Uh, for example, we use silicon as a base for most of our well, pretty much all processing. It's right. a it's a silicon based system. Um, however, now that they can develop uh, artificial diamond, right? They have been in somewhere. It's we're in. Asia, it's a telecommunication company who have developed a, it's a, a processing chip used for switching data that runs at extremely high temperatures. Silicone starts to break down around 100 degrees Celsius. And that's why your computer has to be cooled. Right. That's why data centers have giant air conditioners on them. Um, that's why if your computer gets too hot, it lets the smoke out and then it stops working, <laughs> right? With these diamond-based... When you block the fan. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, uh, these diamond ones, they run at like 500 degrees because they don't break down. They're made from a diamond lattice-based carbon instead of silicon. So you can now take that clock speed, which we're kind of limited at because you can only pump it up so high before everything overheats. Now you can take that clock speed and instead of being 5 gigahertz, you can be 100 gigahertz. But as you can guess... Printing chips out of diamond <laughs> is a little more difficult and a little and, more expensive. Well, and what about things like Neuralink, where we're you know neuro neuro networks? About. Yeah, neuro networks are uh, they're used for kind of a machine learning. So, as an example, uh, you're you're say someone's a salesman, right. traveling salesman, okay, and you have a route that you have to drive, and you're trying to figure out the best, most efficient way of driving that route, okay. You give that to a neural net and you say, here's the rules, okay? I want to have the best usage of my time. I don't want to spend hours and hours and hours driving. Um, I need to have so much time with my clients and I only have this long to do the entire route. 
you give that to the neural net. And what it does is it basically is an, an like a, a, a artificial brain of so many neurons that are just firing like a human brain kind of does. And it says, all right, I'm going to try this 10,000 times and I'm going to see which one fits best. And because it's sort of doing it like a human brain would, it, it, it can just make jumps of intuition like, okay, that's not working. So I'm not even going to go down that branch anymore where he starts off here. It is the worst after say 10,000 times. It's like, nope. And it just did that in like two minutes. Hmm. Nope. We're not going to do that anymore. No more branches that start with that start point because we know they're not going to be any good. So now it's cut off a huge chunk of its of its calculations, calculations. what it has to try and figure so out. So it starts winnowing down these ones. It's like, all right, yeah, that branch, nope, that's no good. That turn, no, we can't ever turn left here because this causes all these problems here. And it starts winnowing down, just like we would when we look at the problem as a whole. But it's doing it step by step by step by step and gradually learning about those parts that don't work very well. So it's fair to say then we're it's this um exponential growth isn't going to plateau like there's it's going to get to the to the there's there's always going to be something developed something that will move it it move it forward now like we've said moore's law has gone by the wayside for the most part um just because of the laws of physics and how small they've gotten but the new way that you measure that um what we can do with those transistors, what we can do with what's after a transistor, then that processing power, that is going to be how we start to measure um, the, the computing power moving forward into the future and, and what we can do. So we will be at some point dialed into the matrix. Yes. <laughs> I just learned Kung Fu. <laughs> I need a break for a few moments, guys. So for sure. Let's just, uh, <clears throat> I have to go clear my throat. I seem to have a frog in it right now. Why are you eating frogs again? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be right back, folks. Nerdish. Nerdy. Nerd news. <laughs> oh, that's well, better. I got oh, a glass of water and back. cleared my throat there. Yeah, well, I had to give him the Heimlich just to get that darn frog out. <laughs> it's kind of. Kind of a big one this time. <laughs> you got to chew frog. your food, Jess. <laughs> chew at least 10 times. Remember, we're talking about things getting smaller, not putting bigger things in our mouths. <laughs> Especially when they're frogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, Where did we leave off? The, we, were, we were talking about how there is a plateau. Um, I just want to go back and, and talk a little bit about why things have advanced like that. Okay. And, and I did mention it earlier. It's, it's, it's almost strictly consumerism. It's the bigger, better, I want this, I want something that's better. And the, the easiest way to, to bring that one about, to, to give you an example with that, is to talk about video games. Games. Yeah. Even yes. Timmy knows how to play those. I video Atari. games. <laughs> yeah. So, so in 1972, the Magnavox Odyssey was, was produced and put on sale. No, it wasn't the very first game system. The very first game system was like Pong. I played Pong. Yeah, exactly. I had Pong and my parents sold it in a garage sale. <laughs> shame. For shame. Um, <laughs> it was Pong and uh, it was it was pretty popular actually. It was very popular. But uh, yeah, 1972, Magnavox Odyssey. So 1982, everyone knows this one, the Coleco. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everyone had a Coleco. No, not me. I had nope. the Atari. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I had yeah. a Beta. There was, a there's, a, there's the Atari as well. Remember Jess, Tim and I are younger than you. Yes, I know. <laughs> So 1985, just a few years later, the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, which is the very first true mass-produced home console. It's recognized as like the video game, home video game, like beginning. Um, well, what, Atari and Coleco were mass-produced. But they, they were, were. They came later, actually. What? Uh, really? No, no, NES was 85. Oh, I'm thinking of the Atari, the 2600, the second version of yeah, the Atari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like okay. this is the, the, the NES, uh, I guess we're talking like sales. Okay, all right. Because right? gotcha. not everyone had an NES, or not everyone had an Atari, but when if you went around a house in the 80s and you said, hey, do you have a Nintendo? Most of them would say yes. All right, gotcha. Okay. Um, and that was because of marketing and the cost of it was was cheaper. You know, to buy an Atari, you're probably looking at uh, probably 150 bucks. And back in 1982, that was a lot of money. Thanks, Mom, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whereas a Nintendo 
which had better graphics, better sound, worked on any TV. The games were relatively cheap compared to other ones. And you had a two-button controller. And you had, and multiplayers. And multiplayer. Yeah, so it had all these things that no one else had. Then you had the Atari 2600, which came a couple of years after that. And then we moved it's into... trip down memory lane here. <clears throat> and then Sega launched with the, the Sega, Sega Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> and Super Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, each time we're talking, each one of these is like a new generation. They have a little bit better graphics, a little bit better sound. Like when you're talking Nintendo, you're talking like the 8-bit Mario beep, 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 you know. Still maybe one of the greatest games ever. But But, uh, when you get into like Sega Genesis, now you're getting into where there's like chords. It's not just a single sound. There's like three sounds that make a chord. And you have colors. You're not just 16 colors. You have 32 you know, oh, mind blowing. <laughs> it was. I know. I remember. Yeah. Then we have the Super Nintendo, which was 1990. So that was the next one up for Nintendo, the SNES. <laughs> the SNES. SNES. Moving on. Yeah. Then we have the first one uh, that uh, Sony put out, and that was the PlayStation. And, and that was the beginning of the monster console wars. Yeah, that was the discs. Everything prior to that had been a cartridge. Except for the, you know, the, the Genesis stuff. Well, the Sega Genesis had the upgrade yeah. that you could get that had the discs. But for the most part, that was a very fringe. Like, you were really ritzy if you had the upgrades to the yeah. Sega Genesis. So, a Sony PlayStation, you had true um, orchestral music. True, not just 8-bit or, or beep, beep, beep. It was like, that sounds like a trumpet. That sounds like a guitar. That's It's music being played off of the disc, basically. You had, um, you had some of the first cutscenes. Cutscenes. You had save points, yeah. which were, other ones had save points, but this one was like, you had an actual card that you could take out, take your buddy's place and plug in right. too, right? Um, and then if you had a game, it wasn't limited to a single cartridge. You could have a game that had multiple discs in it. So now they weren't limited by what a single cartridge could do. Yeah. So you're 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 starting to really advance in in what people are getting for their their dollar. Then you have Nintendo sixty four. So Nintendo again came out with something to try and compete with them, but you know, and and some classics like James Bond, which I'm sure we've played, and yeah. and Mario Kart Gold, sixty four, Goldfinger. Goldfinger yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. You know, I can I can remember in uh, university at the time we'd just gotten a fifty inch flat screen projection rear projection TV that weighed four hundred pounds. <laughs> we dragged it down into our basement, and then four of us sat there for probably the next month playing Bond over and over again. <laughs> and have back problems yeah, all. Yeah. And, they, and it was always we'd always do the slap fest where you'd end up with someone trying to be Odd Job, <laughs> and because Odd Job was shorter. He was harder to hit, and it was a fight as to who got to be odd job. <laughs> so then in 2000, we had the PlayStation 2, and uh, that one, again, it broke the mold. It added new graphics capabilities. Now you're starting to get not not quite uh, real-life graphics, but uh, um, much better than it was. And network-capable stuff. Network now capable. you're now connecting you to servers, you're getting updates, you're yeah. you know playing with other people, not in your house. Yeah. And that's where the processing, the advancements had come in, is because you think back to what we'd said about the cell phones and stuff in the 95. And the internet connections. And the internet connections yeah. were now getting fast enough that you could stream yourself onto the network with your character. You can really see it here, right? In this analogy. If yeah, you, you like see it. it. Like, why, why would people buy that when they already had a game system? Well, because it does this. Right. And that's way better than the last one I had. So yeah. now we have when Microsoft introduced the Xbox and Microsoft's first Xbox was another game changer because they introduced uh, the micro, Microsoft Store. They had uh, downloadable content. They had peripherals. They had all kinds of cool stuff like, uh, I don't know if you ever played about Rock Band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so Tim, you had a... Tim still plays it in st- real life. St- you have a guitar, life, you had a microphone, yeah. you had a drum set. And each person could play, there was something else too, wasn't there? Or up, you could put another guitar on there yeah. for a bass. And so you could play. Like four. A, happened to be us. <laughs> yeah. You could play all four of those instruments or with one or three instruments with one person singing to popular music at the time. 
Mm-hmm. And it was like a buck or two for each song. And so people would be like, yeah, I want that song. And then they'd pay a couple bucks and they'd download it. Mm-hmm. You had multiplayers with voice chat now. Yeah. So when you're talking to somebody, you could start telling them how you were, you know, about keep, their mom. Keep. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bat- it goes back to our jock episode about bullying. Yes. Well, now you could bully. Your, <laughs> now the nerd. whole new style of bullying. Yes. Now Absolutely the n- anonymous bullying. Yes. yes. Uh, um, and then the Xbox 360 came out in a, f- a few more years later. And then the Nintendo Wii. Now the Nintendo Wii, the 360 was, was a... Uh, just like sort of an advancement on their last one. It just had more memory, had more storage space, a little better graphics, a little better sound, a little faster machine for the more complicated games, but not a real big change. And that and that's really a lot of the upgrades from that point on, moving into Xbox One, Xbox One Xs, yeah. PlayStation 3s, 4s, and 5s is... It's there just, was their incremental increases, just like we've seen in phones. Like if you look at the iPhone six or first iPhone, the first iPhone compared to the iPhone now, and you look at them side by side, externally they look very similar. It's a screen. It's got a button, volume. Really, the smartphone of the last twenty years has very much looked the same, but it's what's inside powering it and giving it its ability. It's, it's got uh, it's got a touch screen, which they did, but it's got a big touch screen that's the same as a high mm-hmm. definition TV. It's got where these game systems, same thing. They they you may not have seen like for, I think it was from the Xbox One uh, was uh, finally able to do 4K. Is it, no, the Xbox no, One X, One X did think, 4K. Yeah. So they've upgraded the resolution because people's TVs have gotten bigger. So those games that you were playing in high definition are now playing in 4K, which is... And you could upgrade the upgrade and upgrade the upgrade. And, and we've been broke yeah, ever The since. only one in the past little while that <laughs> but has all been... But all driven by consumer. That has been completely different. That was a kind of a game changer again was the Nintendo Wii. And that was because they introduced the, I don't remember what you call them, the, the hand the controllers. controllers. The, uh, the switch? Or is that what you're saying? No, the, no, Wii, the Wii. Where oh, they right. had the, the controllers where you could point at stuff. It was, it was literally like almost like virtual reality without the headsets and stuff. You still watch the TV, but you could bowl and you could actually move your arm and do the bowling movement and everything. Or you could play tennis. Gyroscopes. They have the gyroscopes yeah, they, in them are built know, into the controllers. It's really funny, though, because as we're talking about how this has grown exponentially, so have our consumer habits. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have become <laughs> a hyper-consumer. Oh, yeah. And grown, our consumer habits have also grown mm-hmm. with these technological Yeah, so if you look back over the past 10 years, it's like every three years, a new system comes out, be it PlayStation or Xbox or and Nintendo. Have to have it. And it's like, I can't use the old one anymore no. because it's not as good as this new one. Well, and none of my friends are playing on those servers anymore. Right. So I've got to play on the one where they're on the newer servers and the new games that come out. And, it, and yeah, you're absolutely right, Tim. It is very consumer driven. Yeah. And, and that is what will push the technology. That is what's continuing to push that technological advancement further and faster is that people are still buying it. If we all stopped buying tech tomorrow, they would stop researching the next jump. Not going to happen. <laughs> no. no, everyone needs, like, look at the Blackberries. They were out yeah. before the iPhones. They were a smartphone for the most part. But then you have an iPhone that's got touchscreen. I don't have a stupid keyboard where the keys pop off or a little roller ball for <laughs> me to point my, my mouse at or I could just touch on the screen. What? what? Tim wishes he has a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Yeah. I know. <clears throat> so, so yeah, that's just a way of showing how consumerism has really driven technological advancement in, in, in what we can buy. Now, I'm sure out the there keyboard. in some, <laughs> in some black, uh, black site, they have something that's even cooler than what we're talking about right now, or some company has some development that they're holding on to until it's perfect timing and perfect for when they're going to release it. And if they'd like to send it to us for us to test it for them, we will gladly do so. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. What a grand idea. We will hold Tim down and implant the chip in his head if we have to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, and that's what we're at. So, so what's the next step in, in, in gaming? Let's say, well, we've seen some of it already. There are some VR, PlayStation has some VR. Um, where you put on a helmet and you have little wands and you can actually sword fight. You have do have like you a, done any of the VR yet, Tim? Yeah, we have VR. Yeah. My son, actually, he came uh, came into the room. He was just sweating. 
And I'm like, son, what what are you doing? <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, not a question you want to ask a sweaty year old in the nineties. Yeah, like so. when we were kids, if you walked into the room sweaty, your parents didn't ask questions. No questions. But anyway, he says, "Yeah, I just, uh, I just beat uh, Apollo Creed." <laughs> really? <laughs> we have a Rocky game. Yeah. I don't let the kids play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ooh. no, and and like we've had a few at the gaming expo and stuff as well, yeah, where we had the uh, the plank walk, one of them, and it was unreal. You go up a sky, the outside of a skyscraper, you get to the edge, and there's a two by four you have to walk across. And we made sure that we tried to simulate that as best as possible. We actually had the piece of plank on the floor. We had a fan there blowing air on people so that as they're walking to the edge of that plank, they're, they're actually walking it. on a two-by-eight, like on, yeah. a, on a piece yeah. of wood. So the farthest they could fall is like an inch and three quarters. <laughs> but my boys have just, um, they laugh at how poor of a sport I am <laughs> and how much I enjoy beating up on Rocky Balboa <laughs> and continue punching him when he's down. <laughs> Dad, stop, stop. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. But, yeah. th- but that's the thing. Like, you can now virtually go anywhere in the world and and some of the some of the uses of this technology being able to go and see the you know the Sistine Chapel mm-hmm. you know from a from a uh, from a hospital bed where you might be laid up as you know you might not be well, able to that, there's that flight simulator game with the VR2 Microsoft mm-hmm. flight simulator yep. satellite and you can actually go yeah and see places on the planet that you otherwise mm. could not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Microfo- Microsoft Flight <laughs> Simulator integrates directly into like, that. Like, and you can get in there where you have people that are, are basically, they do the radio for the towers. It, it can be like a full real-life experience where you never leave your chair. Just hopefully they don't see me suntanning when I'm supposed <laughs> to be working in one of these one of the offshoots. One of the offshoots yeah. of VR is something called... Um, uh, augmented reality. So instead of having a, a headset on where you can't see the real world and it's projecting a, a virtual one, you have a, a pair of glasses that have their screens built into them. So you can still see the real world, but there's also things that are projected in your vision. And uh, Google Glass is one of the ones that, that their very first sort of they've tried to do with um, Microsoft. Poke- Pokemon Go actually does augmented reality. Yeah. So a video game on your phone, when you hold your phone up, it's got the camera. It uses the camera and shows you the real world. But in that real world, it it's uh, it'll show you the monsters. It'll show you the monsters. Like you can see them there on your screen. So, but some and that's of the called one, augmented reality. Yeah, some of the ones that they're doing, for example, um, they've been experimenting with. I don't know where they're doing it. I can't remember where. Uh, it's um, paramedics. They have these glasses on, and these glasses have a little camera on the side. So whatever they see can be broadcast somewhere else back at the hospital is a doctor all right so these paramedics get to the site they see this person they start doing the things they need to do and then all of a sudden say it becomes something that they can't do or they don't know what to do in a situation the doctor can see this and and he can chime in and he can say all right you see this spot right here uh he can and he can mark it on the glasses so that it's like highlighting so this wound, I want you to do this. And he can walk them through a procedure while they're there. You're trying to do your electrical panel. You're trying to put in a new breaker there, Tim. You're not an electrician, but you're, you're, you have a buddy who is. You call him up. He can see what you're doing, and he can actually highlight the stuff and say, all right, you see this wire? Don't touch it. <laughs> and still charge me. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. So, so these are just some examples of how that augmented reality can be used yeah. in, in regular everyday it is, life. It is almost terrifying. You know, it is almost terrifying to think about because essentially we are changing, potentially changing our reality and potentially stepping into maybe our next step of evolution. Well, and that's what the the metaverse is supposed to be about. It's it's the metaverse is uh combining reality with the digital um so augmented reality, your, virtual reality, your cloud computing so that you cloud, can cloud your online so you can presence. literally go to the filing cabinet in the corner and that's where all your digital files are stored like and it's just it's combining that all together and you have your online presence where you're 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 there and you can interact with digital virtual things we can become superheroes after all <laughs> we can be heroes wow 
Mind blown again, you guys. You guys have blown my mind again today. Well, you know, we're trying to we're trying to educate you in the world of nerd, and yeah. and it's one day at a time. And I'm sure so. you can hear it in my one voice. Like this stuff is so cool. I love this. Oh, stuff. Oh yeah, it really is though. Like it really, really is. And just the the only limit is, you know, it's funny because we're talking about we're talking about Moore's law and and hitting a plateau. But but really, the only limit the only limitation to this growth is our imagination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like, it absolutely like every is. time something new comes out, lasers, it opens up a whole new, whole new section of technology. Like lasers, you think about lasers now and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But like 35, 40 years ago, lasers were like, what's that? Yeah. Okay, I'm calling to all the nerds out there <laughs> because I really want to be around 100 or 200 years from now to see all this cool <laughs> stuff. Find me. Yeah. Away. Yeah. We're going to digitize your mind. Yes. We're going to upload you. If you've ever seen the TV show Upload, no. then you should watch that. It's, Do you remember it's... Max Headroom? <laughs> yes. That. Yes. Like that. Oh, perfect. Except without the ticks. That's awesome. <laughs> well, guys, this has been a pleasure again today. This was fun. I really like talking about stuff yeah, yeah. like this. And we yeah, look yeah. forward to you guys joining us again for more things, drones, Everything to do, send in your things. We will talk more about everything. All things nerd. And folks, remember, stay nerdy. Thanks again for letting us into your ear holes with this nerdish, nerdy nerd news podcast. Check out our website at wildshot.ca. You can find us on all the socials under nerdish, nerdy, nerd news. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe and support us at patreon.com slash nerdish to get more bonus content, show notes, and merch. If you'd like to send us topics for future episodes or comment about our existing ones, please email us, info at wildshot.ca. And remember, stay nerdy. Nerdish. Nerdy. Nerd news. <laughs>